Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Monday, February 19th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Dermot. As always, thanks for taking the time to download, uh, subscribe, and do all those fancy things that tickle the podcast algorithms worldwide. So I have how many, seven, seven stories today uh, to quickly jump into that happened over the weekend uh, that you may have missed or you may be aware of. Either way, it's going to be news to somebody. First, from darkreading.com, Nathan Eddy reporting the Russian aligned threat group known as Winter Ververn, Vivern, okay, whatever, was discovered exploiting cross site scripting vulnerabilities in Roundcube webmail servers across Europe in October. And now its victims are coming to light. So they ran without abandon for quite a while, but okay. The group mainly targeted government, military, and national infrastructure in Georgia, Poland, and Ukraine, according to, according to Recorded Futures in Sicket Group report on the campaign released on Saturday. The report also highlighted additional targets, including the Embassy of Iran in Moscow, the Embassy of Iran in the Netherlands, and the Embassy of Georgia in Sweden. Utilizing sophisticated social engineering techniques, the APT, which INSIC calls TAG-70, which is also known as TA-473, UAC-0114, and probably a host of others because we can't come up with one naming convention. Heaven forbid we should do that. Uh, but they use a round-cube zero-day exploit to gain authorized access to targeted mail servers across at least 80 separate organizations, ranging from the transport and education sectors to chemical and biological research organizations. There's a little bit more to this if you want to take a look at it, but the, the key part here, honestly, is to understand that if you are in any... Th- type of organization associated with your country's government entities or critical national infrastructure, just know you are probably being targeted by a host, not just of Russian state-sponsored actors, but Chinese, Iranian, and so on. But this also shows that even those countries that work somewhat together, like Russia and Iran in this case, still target each other because spying is pretty much the world's second oldest profession. So just be aware, be careful. Um, does it give a lot of information as to CVEs here? Not so much, but it does say it does make a good point that cyber espionage campaigns have been ramping up earlier this month. A sophisticated Russian APT t- launched a targeted PowerShell attack campaign against the Ukrainian military, which is obvious. But it does say that cyber espionage defense is difficult, certainly, because these guys, this is what they do. They they spend all day looking for vulnerabilities, and they're very quiet when they do it. So uh, be aware. Um, pay attention. Bleepingcomputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting. This is from the Good News file. Hacker arrested for selling bank accounts of U.S. and Canadian users. Ukraine cyber police arrested a 31-year-old for running a cybercrime operation that gained access to bank accounts of American and Canadian users and sold it on the dark web. The suspect distributed Trojanized software as free resources using several websites that he administered and also promoted these sites through advertising campaigns. The police note that the suspect distributed software for both desktop and mobile, specifically Android, operating systems. To distribute his virus, he created and administered several websites, offering users to download various software for free. The suspect launched the entire advertising campaign on the Internet to promote the controlled web resources. So this highlights the point that, I mean, a good thing someone got arrested, right? So thumbs up to that. How much time he'll do in jail, we won't find out for a while. Will he get extradited to the U.S.? Hard to say. It doesn't appear to be say that in this particular article. Here's hoping he does. But the point being, be careful where you download software. If it sounds too good to be true, don't download it. And you need to tell your kids this too, because 
if they're going to see this and they're going to download it and that puts malware on your network within your house. And if you're working from home, that provides a jumping off point for bad guys to go from your home to your business, all that kind of stuff. So again, be careful what you download. Free software usually isn't worth the price that you're paying for it, obviously. So just be careful and aware of that. But hey, someone got arrested. So thumbs up there. Also from the good news file, uh, I think this is it. Yeah. Um, Fred's this is from SEMedia.com, Simon Hendery reporting. Feds remove ubiquity router botnet used by Russian intelligence. So bad weekend for the Russians in general, but the FBI dismantled a botnet of several hundred small office, small uh, home office or Soho routers that U.S. authorities said was used in large credential harvesting campaigns for Russia's intelligence service. The Justice Department said the botnet was under the control of Unit 26165, a military intelligence cyber group that is part of Russia's general staff main intelligence directorate, GRU, and also tracked as AP28 or Fancy Bear, uh, also known as Sophocy and Sedna. And again, we can't come up with one name, but Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear were the two main actors in the 2016 election issues. So they are fairly well known. That's why we know so much about them. The botnet was built by cyber criminals outside of the GRU who initially installed MooBot malware on Ubiquity Edge OS routers that could be compromised because they use publicly known default administrator passwords. Again, again, so here's a key part of this article is when you install new routers, change your, your administrator usernames and passwords because there's default ones that everybody knows about and people don't take the time to do that and bad things can happen. GR hackers then used the MooBot malware to install their own bespoke scripts and files that responded or repurposed the botnet, turning it into a global cyber espionage platform, the Justice Department said in a February 15th statement. APT28 used the botnet to carry out vast spear phishing and similar credential harvesting campaigns against targets of intelligence interest to the Russian government, such as U.S. and foreign governments and military security and corporate organizations. This statement said so thumbs up to that for dis for disarming that now the problem of course being this is just one of their many tools so it's a whack-a-mole kind of situation while this is a good positive result um it's probably going to slow these guys down not a whole lot which means we have to be on the lookout for other types of um malware and vulnerabilities used like this and it'd be great from an intelligence sharing standpoint if we could share what that information is but i understand the need for classification and all that being an fbi agent for 20 years i certainly get it um but there's certain things that can be released that could more quickly eliminate these threats but um, it's going to take someone louder than me saying it. Hackernews.com. This is why we must democratize cybersecurity. I was interested by the title, so that's why I decided to open this one up. But with breaches making the headlines on an almost weekly, ba weekly basis, almost a daily basis, come on, man. The cybersecurity challenges we face are becoming visible not only to large enterprises, who have built security capabilities over the years, but also to small and medium businesses and the broader public. And I will say that is a stupid sentence. I mean, they're saying this like this is a new thing. And this is this is what makes it interesting for me to do this podcast from, from, from and reporting the news to show how little people who do this news really understand what they're saying. Right. To say that a headlines on a weekly basis, if that was the case, I'd have this once a week, not every day. Every day I have talking about some new breach um, and to say that, oh, hey, now small and medium businesses need to pay attention. Maybe the broader public. Dude, we've been saying this for 20 years that this has happened, but okay. Anyway, while it's creating greater awareness among smaller businesses of the need to improve their cybersecurity posture, SMBs are often left facing a gap in the market. Yeah. Unable to find security tools that is both easy for them to use and which they can afford. Uh-huh. When we consider the needs of SMBs, we need to focus both on the development of threat intelligence, which is necessary to understand the identity of threats being faced, or, hey, that sounds like understand the threats targeting you, as well as the tools used to provide protection. NTTSH, 
I have no idea who that is, has built a pedigree of over 20 years experience in the research and curation of threat intelligence, as well as the development of capabilities and products which leverage its threat intelligence to protect customers. After many years of focus on larger enterprise, NTTSH is moving to democratize cybersecurity and provide small businesses with protection they require. Who is the NT? Let's see. It is, this is interesting because like bef- there's nowhere in this article they say where that is initially. Like we're supposed to know who the NTTSH is. Okay whatever. All the NTTSH's efforts are underpinned by the capabilities of the Global Threat Intelligence Center or the GTIC. The efforts of the GTIC go beyond those of a pure research organization by taking threat research and combining it with the NTTSH proprietary detective technology to provide an applied threat intelligence. Okay, now here's the thing. I need to find out who this NTTSH is. I'm going to, while we're talking, this is not good podcasting, but I'm going to quickly see if I can figure out who this is. Um, yeah, doesn't really say. So un, unfortunately, Brave apparently has a very poor uh, search function. I'm not going to do a whole lot of more deking into that. So never mind. Um, but anyway, so the Let's be honest, this is not a surprise, but a couple of things that this article talks about is, is providing more intelligence to, to small media. I agree. That's, I've been saying that for years. Um, and so that's certainly something that needs to be done. Uh, create threat focus by sector. Sure. Again, every business sector should understand the threats targeting them so they can assess the risk, proceed wisely, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's a little deeper article. If you want to go into it, it talks about XDR and some other things for small business. The problem is, here's the problem, right? Here's here's the problem as I see it. You can say about all these things about small business wanting to do all this stuff. Are you going to offer it to them for free? Are you going to help them install it and do it what whatever your tool needs to do? Because if not, then it doesn't matter how much you want to offer because if the small business can't deploy the information you're offering, it's useless at that end. So that is why small, medium businesses need to find people to help them. There needs to be smaller consulting entities that, that are more affordable to small, small, medium business organizations that allow them to understand the threats that are targeting them and take the necessary means they need to stay safe. It's something I'm trying to do. Can't get anybody to talk to me about it, but hey, that's that's my goal and I'll continue on with it. That's kind of why this podcast exists to help small and medium businesses and everybody else understand the threats targeting them. That's why I'll continue to do this uh, while I work on this other stuff. But I mean, that's the problem with SMBs is you have to convince them they need it and then kind of help them with it. So it's an interesting article. Uh, again, as always, all the links to the articles are in the show notes if you want to read them more. But and they make some interesting points in that article. All right. Uh, new studies. This is from cyberinsecurityinsiders.com. New study shows over half of organizations experienced significant security incidents in the last year. Mm-hmm. In a newly released study from International Data Corporation, or IDC, and cybersecurity company Exabeam, research shows companies globally are struggling with visibility when it comes to defending against cyber attacks. Again, that's a statement that has been said for at least 15 years, if not longer. 57% of surveyed companies experienced significant security incidents in the last year that required extra resources to remediate. They always do. Shining a glaring light on program gaps caused by detected but overburdened, I'm sorry, dedicated but overburdened teams lacking key automated threat detection and investigation and response resources. North America experienced the highest rate of security incidents, 66%, closely followed by Western Europe and then Asia Pacific and Japan. Research from the Exabeam report, the State of Threat Detection Investigation Response, November 23, was conducted by IDC on behalf of Exabeam and includes insights from 1,155 security IT professionals spanning those regions. Uh, is there, there's not even, it's an interesting thing, is there not a link to that? 
particular article. So I may go find that and read it. But oh, there it is. Yeah, the the last the last sentence of this article has a, a click to a link to the to the report. So um, I recommend going and reading it. I'm going to guess that the number is actually higher than what's saying here because people some people just don't report it when they're targeted. So certainly not a problem that's going to go away anytime soon. All right, there's a Microsoft Outlook flaw that opens the door to a one-click remote code execution attack. This is by Lucian Constantine at CSOonline.com. The vulnerability allows attackers to bypass Microsoft Office's protected view mode. So Microsoft released a batch of security... Uh, monthly security updates this month it covered 73 vulnerabilities including two zero day flaws exploited in the wild while organizations should prioritize all critical and high risk issues there's one critical vulnerability outlook that researchers claim could open the door to trivial attacks that result in remote code execution so um it's tracked as cve 2024-21413 um it is apparently um it is fixed in the current patch so if you have a windows machine make sure you patched it on tuesday or very soon afterwards hopefully that resolves the issue there's gonna be plenty of companies that don't so my guess is we're going to see a lot of execution on this particular vulnerability in the coming weeks so stay tuned for more news articles about microsoft office or microsoft outlet accounts being compromised through this particular vulnerability again software is not built with Security in place. I know CISA wants to do some kind of security at design thing, but I don't know how we get there, honestly, because no one's doing it. So um, one last thing, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. There's a new Avanti vulnerability and it's observed as a widespread security, uh, observed as widespread security concerns grow. This is from Info Security Magazine. I'm not going to talk about the article and I'll link it. This just, I'm just pointing this out to go to show that Avante, which if you read their About Us page, that we connect industry leading unified endpoint management, zero trust security and service management solutions to provide a single gate glane of pane of glass for enterprises to secure and heal devices and servers and users. They have had a bad month, Avante. I feel bad for them. 2024 has not started off well. They are like the move it of 2024, but more issues coming up for Avante. So um, if you use it, um, and hopefully when patches come out, you're patching quickly. But I mean, the bad news continues for Avante. I feel bad for them, but it is what it is. Here's where we're at. And here's where we're always at. Seems to be um, just another day in cybersecurity world uh, for vulnerabilities. That's going to do it for today's podcast. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, email me, Darren at cyberguide.com. Find me on LinkedIn. Find me anywhere else. Happy to talk. We'll be back again tomorrow because I'm pretty sure it'll be a busy Monday in cybersecurity land. Have a great day. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com. Or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.